This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 158, the Dressage Radio Show on the Horse Radio Network, brought to you by Equestrian Collection, the whole universe of equestrian shopping at your fingertips, and Kentucky Performance Products, scientifically proven supplements for your horse and the New England Massage Association. Reed Koffler Stanfield from Georgetown, Kentucky. And this is Holly Neary from Wellington, Florida. And you're listening to the Dressage Radio Show. Oh, hi, Miss Holly. How are you tonight? Hi, Reed. I'm wonderful. Every time I hear your voice, I smile. Oh, you are so sweet. So I want to introduce you to all our listeners. Holly is a dear friend of mine, and she also is a wonderful rider. Holly um, has her bronze and silver USDF medal, and she earned uh, several top 10 finishes at the Young Horse Dressage National Championship. She was first, she had, she and her horse Regis, right, were first level horse of the year as five-year-olds in several USDF championships. And so, Miss Holly, we met at the um, Scott Hassler Young Horse Horse, um, Conference. Gosh, how many years ago now? I don't know. I was trying to think of that last night. I think it was the second year of Young Horse, and it was the last year that it was at Hilltop. So it was at Hilltop Farm, and I yeah, remember me. I don't know, right? Oh, six years ago. Six years ago. Know, right? And um, we were instant we're friends. We're not that old. We, I know. We are not that old, but we were instant friends. And um, Holly is an absolutely wonderful rider and trainer in her own right. And um, the Young Horse Conference, and I'm sure I'll talk more about the conference on the shows, but the Young Horse Conference was developed by Scott Hassler, and it brings um, young trainers and, and young horse trainers together, usually in the fall every year, and you form some great friendships and relationships through uh, that conference. So that's how yeah. we met. And I yeah. thought, Holly, you were absolutely perfect for my first show. I can't, this is really my first time I'm flying solo. Well, it is It is funny, too, though. But I do remember when we first met, I mean, it was instant. Um, just kind of the chemistry and how we played off of one another and bantering and talking. And it was really funny. I was just thinking, I didn't know that much about you until our last visit here in Florida. Um, that wasn't until we learned about each other's education and, and other career interests and other lives that are involved. But, but we've known each other for, from horses for, for a while. But um, I, I love the Young Horse program that they've developed through. Um, through there's, you know, there are a few networks now, Reese, that, um, exactly. that are creating some educational uh, opportunities for us. I know. And so, Holly, one other, you know, besides this being a dear friend of mine and a huge support network for me, Holly and I probably talk at least once a week and we talk about all kinds of horsey issues and all kinds of things. And um, one of the reasons, you know, I really felt uh, very strongly to have you on the show tonight was you also have a whole other career that I didn't talk about in your intro. Tell us, tell everybody what you do um, outside of horses. I do. So, um, first of all, I was on a horse 
I mean, I was still in diapers. I was on a horse with my mom. So my mom, uh, I was born in Lexington, Kentucky. My mom worked for the Blood Horse magazine. Um, but so, I mean, I was just in horses from beginning on, but, um, I also saw a bit of a side that I didn't want as I grew up. So I saw people that were making a livelihood and a financial means from horses. And unfortunately, you know, I saw, not horrible things, but just some things that I wanted to avoid. I wanted horses to always, always be my happy place. So I went to college. I made sure that I had a different profession. And then I went to horses for just my, almost my vacation, even though it's every day. Um, yeah. So I went to pharmacy school. Yeah. And um, and while I was in school, I mean, I just learned that I love chemistry. I love numbers. I love research. Oh so I tutored. Yeah, I know. So um, so I tutored physics. I tutored chemistry. I tutored biochem. And that's when I met one of my professors who actually was beginning research on an EPM medication. And um, that's when I learned about vet pharmacy and veterinary compounding in pharmacy. And I worked for them. I worked for, with, um, with horses that had EPM. And it's also where I learned about dressage. I mean, I learned about dressage for exercises to help these horses that were uh, neurologically damaged. And um, I don't know, gosh, what was that? Late 90s. Um, So it was both of my worlds kind of started at the same time. But um, so I work in compounding pharmacy and um, I work for humans and animals, but a lot of it is equine. We find ways to make medications that aren't available commercially um, for horses and, and for dogs and for humans, too. But it's very interesting. I like to talk to the vets. I talk to vets for hours a day. That is fabulous. Well, and, you know, what's so incredible about you is you're still a very active competitor. So tell us about your current horse. Oh, um, I do have to correct something from earlier. Um, a domino... Ready or not was his name, but I called him Domino. Um, Domino was my horse that I brought from Germany and started through the young horse program. So we did the four- and five-year-olds, and he was my little horse of the year at first level. And I just really turned to what USDF has to offer, what USEF has to offer, and I just tried to remain active in that way. Um, and then that's also when I applied for the um, Young Horse Dressage Trainer Symposium, um, you know, spot to just go and be a participant. Um, so Domino really taught me that. He was just a fun, to me, happy horse. You know, he's a rock spawn. He's just a sweet little Hanoverian to me. Um, and then now I have Regis, who is another Hanoverian, Regazzoni. And I just mm-hmm. love him, Regis. We're just happy. Yeah. Um, he's just... I've had him, you know, I pushed him into the trailer. I bought him from a friend, and I literally just pushed his little buns into the trailer. He has that curly little fold tail, and I got him home as a baby. And he's seven now. But Yeah. Um, and what's interesting to me, though, is I think Regis is a much more talented horse, um, but he's not one that's been able to follow the young horse tests and the young horse year by year. Um, he's kind of had to be at home and have his own time at home. Um, you know, Cavaletti, fields, running, galloping, being free. He's a big, big horse. So now he's seven and he's, he's really fun. He's really fun. So we did a six-year-old. Uh, I'm looking towards the developing pre-St. George young horse. And 
just another way I can kind of stay in the program, too, and, and educate both of us. No, I think it's phenomenal. And, and he's done a really a great job with Regis because he is a big horse. He's How, how tall is he? Uh, 17-1, probably almost 17-2. He's one of those guys that was probably 17-1 in the back end before he was, you know, 17-1 in the front <laughs> <Yep>. end. <laughs> yep. So this, those young yeah. horses, they don't always grow the way we want them to. So, yeah, he's, he's been butt high a few years in a row. And then, and then um, but, I mean, I knew what he'd be. And, I, and I, I just, I love his brain. I love his heart. It's a testament to just getting a good brain in the horse. Well, I, you know, he's a wonderful guy, and he's done just a phenomenal job training him. And now you guys have a big show coming up this weekend, right? Yes. And it's kind of funny going back, you know, I've, I've had different horses. Um, and I'll tell you my first dressage horse I bought for $3,000. I saw her in the field <laughs> and she had a yearling at her side and I just liked her, but that's the horse that, that I took the lessons with and I took clinics with and, and I got my bronze and my silver medal on her. And then, um, and now, you know, several horses later, I have Regis and it's like, I'm kind of going back and going through the levels. I'm really writing through the test for eights and nines. And that right. is a really fun place to be. That's really fun. We don't get eights and nines all the way through. No, <laughs> don't get confused. <laughs> yeah, very, very but good it's really course. fun. Yeah, it's really fun to just learn and teach and experiment. And you can't do that um, if you don't have a really, really good brain, even if you have a wonderfully talented horse. So I'm just saying where I am, where I am. I have to have a good brain that just allows me to kind of reach for different scores, try different things, but he doesn't get frustrated. And then I don't get frustrated, and there's there's no impatience there at all. So it's just fun. Exactly right. So now what are you looking, you know, third to fourth level, that's that's a big leap. So what are some things that you're going to be kind of, you're not concerned about, but, but thinking about for the weekend? No, no, this is really big for him. This is really big. And this is why I stayed at third level for a little while. And, um, you know, my personal goal is just sitting at home, and I don't know that I could exactly explain it to anybody, but I wanted 70% in the third level, and I just wanted, I wanted good comments. I wanted the comments to feel like the judge understood where we were and what we were doing and that it was a positive feeling just throughout the test. We all just had a good time. Judge, horse, rider. You know, I just feel like it's a three, you know, it's a triangle. We all have to feel good about what just happened. And I really wanted to walk away with that feeling before I moved up because he's he's a big guy and, and I don't, I want him to carry himself into fourth level. I don't want to cover things up. But once again, this goes to my overall goal. It's Grand Prix. Right. Right. And third yeah. level is a big jump with, with the self-carriage. And I think, you know, it takes yep. a little while. But I think you've done a, a really, really great job, you. you know, really realistic about where your horse is and not pushing. You know, sometimes we all push as, as riders yep. and, and trainers of our horses. We we want something. But you've done a really good job to say, no, I'm I'm really, I loved how you said that the judge and yourself, your trainer, everybody has to feel good. And we it's just, a triangle. Yep, I, I really yeah. believe that. Um, and we have that saying in pharmacy, you know, vet, vet patients and, and pharmacists that they're trying. But I still I still feel it um, in dressage and in the ring. If I feel like I had a great ride, but for some reason a judge doesn't feel that with me, and I'm not saying the judge and the, and the showing is everything at all, 
But I just, I want us all to walk away, you know, like, hey, that was a good ride. And so I was so excited, like, two weeks ago. I think the only comment at the end was, like, very good test. I was like, whoa! <laughs> you know? I we, mean, all want, we all want that comment. <laughs> no, I, I know, but it was a good course. Yeah. Well, Holly, I mean, I'm so excited, and I cannot wait to give everybody an update on how your debut was. No extra Aww. pressure by me. No, 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 no. But, no, it's fun. And, you know, I represent so many people. I mean, Reese, it's not it's not about me or this horse at all. There are so, so, so many people that go through the levels and get to talk about it. I enjoy Facebook for that reason. I enjoy social networking just to learn from each other. Exactly. Just travel here and there and then to share the fun The village is positive. Yep. Yeah, it takes a village to, to raise the I know, right? And we need, we need all the help we can get. Yeah. Oh, I love it. Well, I can't wait to hear more about how Regis is doing. Um, but I'm also I'm really excited to talk about our show today. Uh, we could talk yes. uh, all day. Uh, you and yes. I, we would love it. Um, but I'm so excited to um, tell everyone we have our first adult amateur spotlight. Uh, a wonderful Yay. lady. Her name I is Anna Carly. She is the best. So I'm so excited she's coming on the show. She's someone very special to me and, and has done some really cool things. Um, we also have Todd Fletrich, who oh, yes. he is on his way to Gladstone. He is, has very, very much a contender for the team and uh, going to London. So we're really excited to talk to him and see what happens. And our first trainer tip is also a good friend of ours, Olivia Lagoy welts She's um, actually here in Kentucky, and she was uh, you know, rode in the Brentina Cup last year and was a uh, reserve champion, and she's a phenomenal rider. So I'm so excited. Uh, but before we get talking to everybody, Holly, we need to break for a commercial from Equestrian Collections. Hi, Glenn, back with you from the Horse Radio Network. I'm here with Debbie with the Equestrian Collections Product of the Week. The product of the week is the Equine Couture Ladies Air O shirts. These I'll say that fast. <laughs> These shirts, um, the Equine Couture shirts, used to have an issue with sizing, but the new ones are actually excellent. They fix the sizing. It's time to start buying these beautiful shirts again. Uh, the particular ones I'm highlighting this week, because I just wore one on a trail ride the other day, and uh, it was so cool. It was absolutely the coolest shirt I've worn in a while, and very, very pretty, and it fit perfectly. I got a raspberry pa um, pad, and I had that raspberry stripe in that shirt, and I was styling. We come, it comes in a bunch of different sizes and a bunch of different colors, and I absolutely want to say that this is a very comfortable, low-priced shirt. And it also comes in long sleeves for those folks who like to cover up their arms in the summer instead of exposing them to the sun. Um, it comes in the long sleeve with the same material, so it's equally as cool in the long sleeve as it is in the short sleeve. Highly recommend giving this a try again. If you try to quaint couture and you weren't happy with the sizing, please come back because they've fixed it. All right, and it comes from anything. I mean, you're right. It does have a lot of different sizes, from small all the way up to like three X. Three X, yes, and that's um, and they really do fit well now. So and some come fun on back. colors. 
We're talking some unusually fun colors about that. Yes, so. really fun colors. And if you like, like me, to um, match it up, you can get all these colors and match up your saddle pad, and, and you, you're just really cute. All right. <laughs> take a, the best way to do this is to go to equestriancollections.com, search for Equine Couture Ladies Air. I'm so excited to welcome a friend of mine, Todd Fletcherich, to the radio show. And uh, I want to tell everyone a little bit about Todd because he is a veteran competitor and trainer at the FEI level. Todd was a four-time participant in the North American Young Rider Championships. And Todd, in 1991, won the individual gold medal and helped his Region 1 squad win the silver medal at NAYRC. Todd has won many CDI competitions along with coaching many students through the FEI levels. In 2010, Todd was a member of the U.S. Dressage team at the 2010 All-Tech FEI World Equestrian Games on Cherry Knoll Farm Auto. So, Todd, we are so excited that you are here, and uh, you have a big week coming out, don't you? Two weeks, actually. Uh, two, yeah. Well, uh, so a, week, a week and a half. Well, the competition starts on Friday, basically. The jog is on Friday. And it ends okay. next Saturday. And wow. you are you are at the U.S. Uh, E.T. National Dressage Championships at Gladstone this week. Correct. Isn't that right? Correct. I, I happen to be. I will be probably be the last one arriving on the property um, because Perfect. they're not so far away. So I I I'm leaving on Friday morning, and the jog is on Friday afternoon. Oh, that'll be great. And how is Otto doing? Otto is is really super. <laughs> He's really actually enjoyed this cold weather because, you know, I stayed down in Florida for a little longer this year just because so I can have some help myself where I ride with Ode Shimoni. And also I wanted him to stay acclimated to the heat and so that he's for his fitness level. And uh, so we come, I arrived uh, last Monday in Pennsylvania at my home and uh, with Otto there at 6 o'clock in the morning we arrived. And um, <laughs> it actually has been cold here. <laughs> yes, it has been rainy yeah. and cold. Here <laughs> in Kentucky, too. And, and the weather's supposed to stay nice, but so it can be very rainy and cold. Uh, I've been there when it's rainy and cold. So is it supposed to warm up for the weekend? Or, um, it is, actually. By Sunday, they're calling for 89, 90 degrees. Uh, and mm-hmm. then warm for the beginning of next, the following week. Um, so that's not so great. But, uh, you know, at least we've had some beautiful weather. So. Is Oded going north? Oded has come. He doesn't stay north. He just came for me. He got here on Monday, Monday morning. Nice. And he's staying here. And then we'll, he'll stay to the till Sunday at Gladstone and then go home for a couple of days and then come back for the following weekend um, for, yeah, for helping out with Otto. And, Todd, what are some things that you've been doing? There was a wonderful... Um, article about you on Dressage Daily this week, so everyone can also kind of go take a look a little more about Todd. Um, but what are some, some things that you've been doing uh, yourself uh, to get ready for the selection trials? Well, you know, um, personally, I have been doing lots of Pilates. Um, actually, the month of May, I did that Pilates pretty much six days a week. Um, oh, my goodness. Pilates Rock in Wellington, and it was a really wonderful experience. And also going to the gym with uh, twice a week uh, with a trainer and then running the other time. Uh, I'm not the smallest person in the world, so 
I have to always be working on being a little bit more slim and trim. So, um, and so I did that for myself, and then Otto actually at the Globals, uh, no, the, the, the yeah, the Global Dressage, the five star masters, not the masters, five star, excuse me. Um, right. He and the job injured himself, huh? He whacked his leg. So I competed the Grand Prix, and then I, I scratched from the special. He was not lame, but he definitely was sensitive to touch, and it, we ultrasounded, and it was fine, but he needed some time off to get it because it stayed enlarged. So he had a very, very, very easy April. So then I had planned on giving him that time easy anyway. That was not necessarily, um, you know, I wanted to do that for him. Um, Otto does much better when he's a little bit, takes some time off and then comes back into work. I find he's, he's much more revived and because he is a workhorse. He really is a worker. He's a lovely animal. He always, always wants to please you. And, um, and then, so what we had to do is I needed to think about the fitness because he is getting, you know, he's 16 years old and I wanted to make sure it was fit enough. So we, we stayed in Florida and then also we brought him to the sanctuary, uh, which is a, um, they have the aqua tread. Um, yes. machine. So and, and so we put him on the aqua tread uh, three days a week. I rode him in the morning, and then I brought him in. It was only a mile, down, mile and a half maybe down the road for me. So we we brought him over there three days a week so he could get increase his, his fitness without the pounding of him on, uh, under the saddle, you know, just really keeping it to the – it really actually did a wonderful job helping his top line. It was excellent. Um, and so – and then he really uh, – he really blossomed. Uh, I really think he's actually fitter than he's ever been. Uh, I think okay. he, that was my main importance because if, if it's hot, it's a hard test anyway. And if it's hot right. and humid, um, I want him to be as fit as possible. Well, he looks phenomenal. The pictures are out of him. He just looks great. And he doesn't look 16 by any means. Um, and I think it's really interesting that uh, that you offer treaded. That is, that is something they do a lot here in Kentucky with the racehorses. But yes. that's really interesting here, um, how, how he, how he has been getting fitter. Um, so Todd, what are some things that you're going to do this week, uh, to get ready for competitions? Do you have like a lucky, a lucky meal or, or anything that you do? Um, or do you have a pretty set routine on how you get ready for a competition like Gladstone? Well, I'm a little interesting because I, uh, when I get ready for a competition, first of all, I, I do believe in uh, some people like not not like to entertain too much or go out too much, and, and that I very much need to be the busier I am, the better I am. Um, so that is my routine. I, I promise myself never to say, "Oh, I'm going to bed early tonight because I have a competition tomorrow." I yeah. seem to do better when I am having a good time and uh, working hard and staying busy. That's my thing. Um, and with Otto, um, nothing necessarily changes. I do, I usually give him, I start to, my warm-up for this year has been a lot shorter. A lot, I, I make it a lot shorter because of his, I find that uh, before when I first got him, it was very difficult to, I had to, I felt like I had to ride him longer to get him to do what I wanted him to do as far as being on my age. And, uh, but then I found that his, his, he needed to save his energy for the ring. Um, so I really have shortened it almost to half. Um, wow, the time that is warm-up. a big cut. And it takes a lot of, for me, a lot of confidence. Uh, it's a, a confidence builder, that's for sure. 
because it's a trust level. It's a trust level, you know. And but what happens happens, and I think you can't. You got to do the best you can, and that's all. That's all you can do. I um, uh, Otto really is a pleaser, but you know any horse that's talented and has a little movement, they 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 for sure have sometimes a mind of their own. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you've done a phenomenal job with them, and you guys have such a wonderful partnership now. Uh, you really Thank have you. over the years. It's, you know, it's just a joy to watch you guys. You know, Todd and I competed together, and I've known Todd a long time, and uh, I was there in 91 when he won his gold medal. So uh, we'd love to hear you come back and, and cheer you on on the way to London. That's that's my fingers are crossed for you. Now, it's going to be broadcast live, isn't it, through the U.S. Yeah, yes. website? Yes. Live stream, they call it. I think it's live stream. Yes, I think but, yeah, I think it's it, it should be that. And do you know when the Grand Prix starts on Friday? Uh, Saturday. It starts oh, it's on Saturday. Friday, That's right. And it's from eight to twelve. Both and actually right. both competitions from eight to twelve because they, which is pretty awesome because normally they try to put the Grand Prix uh, where more audience would tend to see it. Sure. Um, but it's hotter. Would be hotter. It's hotter. Yeah. <laughs> so I think yeah. they've done a wonderful <laughs> job there. And, um, you know, I don't know if you realize, too, that they're not doing a freestyle for the Grand right. Prix. That is, that is a new it's a new rule this year, or a new uh, – Todd, can, can you tell us a little bit why they decided not to do that? Well, it, it is uh, because the Grand Prix and the Grand Prix Special are now counting for – is more for the team competition. Um, right. It, it, but for me, it's unfortunate that because the, the freestyles are the crowd pleasers. Uh, right. and they usually draw a lot of attention. Um, but hopefully it won't matter. And and the other, the other thing, like I said, they started in the morning, so um, maybe people will come early, come to see the Grand Prix and the Grand Prix special and then stay for the rest of the ride, which will be great too. So maybe oh, it will be a very good thing. Yeah. Oh, and so I know I'm people that are in the area of Gladstone. It is, it is really such a, an amazing place to be and to ride and to go watch. And, and it's really, you kind of, I was there in 96 when they were picking the team, and I just, the feeling of watching these horses go and knowing they were going to represent our country is, is phenomenal. So, um, yeah, well, I wish you luck. I will be watching the live stream myself. I'm going to be glued to my computer uh, on Saturday Me and too. Sunday morning. Yeah. So, Todd, thank you so much for joining us, and I look forward to an update. Thank you. Take care. Bye. Well, Holly, that was so much fun to have Todd on the show. And we're going to break for commercial now from Kentucky Performance Products. You can count on Kentucky Performance Products to provide scientifically formulated, research-proven products that target specific challenges facing your horse. In the spring and summertime, one of those challenges is the heat. Horses sweat, and when they do, they lose critical electrolytes, electrolytes that play a major role in optimal performance. Loss of electrolytes can cause fatigue, muscle weakness, and dehydration. Horses offered supplemental electrolytes have less stress-related problems. They rebound from exercises sooner and return to feed quicker after exercise. Summer Games electrolytes from Kentucky Performance Products were developed for the elite athletes competing at the 1996 Atlanta Olympics. Its research-proven formula replaces the electrolytes and trace minerals lost when horses sweat. Its concentrated low-sugar formula provides more electrolytes per dose than many leading brands. When your horse sweats, replenish his losses with Summer Games electrolytes. 
Brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products, helping you keep your horses healthy, sound, and competitive. Visit them at kppusa.com. That's kppusa.com. Well, I am so excited to start our new segment, and it's our Adult Amateur Spotlight. And um, I I, I can't tell you how excited I am to have Anna Coley from Wellington, Alabama. Anna has been a student of mine since uh, 2008, I believe. Anna, is that right? 2008? Yeah, that's right. It goes fast. It goes really fast. And I am so proud of Anna. Um, We purchased a horse for Anna in 2009. um, And Anna has really overcome some big challenges uh, because she lives in Alabama, not the hot spot of dressage. Um, and in 2011, uh, last year, Anna got her bronze medal, which was her main goal. And I said, hey, come on, let's work for the silver medal. So uh, last weekend, Anna got her silver medal on her horse, Dinar. And um, I can't I can't tell. I know I'm clapping. If I, I could I could clap, I would do it. Uh, but I just can't tell you, Anna, how excited I am that you're here. You're our first adult amateur spotlight. And I am just so proud of you and everything you've done with Dinar. So, um, yeah, so tell us about yourself and Dinar and kind of a little bit about your story. And Holly and I will jump in. Oh, thank you so much, you guys. Um, and thank you for having me. Um, you know, I think I'm probably pretty much like the average adult amateur. Um, you know, most of us work full time. We have a family. I have a farm that, you know, I take care of myself and we have a business with that farm. And I also have two small children um, and, you know, all of, and a husband and a family to take care of. And so finding, you know, time to fit the riding in has always been a balancing act. And I joke and say I'm a professional juggler sometimes because <laughs> it's hard to keep it all going. And it's, you know, very time-consuming and it's also a big financial commitment. Absolutely. So, yeah. So, so, so tell um, us, how did you so, start on the road to dressage? Like, how did, how did well, it happen? Gosh, for me, it started, um, you know, when I was younger, I started out riding hunters, and I grew up in northern Virginia. And, you know, throughout college, I've always ridden and had a horse, and I've always had thoroughbreds off the track. And the way that I ended up, um, falling into the dressage addiction is <laughs> my horse and I had had a fall and my vet said, you can't jump anymore on this horse uh, for at least a year. I suggest you take dressage lessons. So that's where we started. Wow. And how did Dinar come into it? Was it love at first sight or had you been looking a long time or how did he enter your life? Well, I think... Um, you know, if as an adult amateur, if you don't have an experienced professional with you, you can make mistakes in buying inappropriate horses. And for me, you know, I wanted a horse that was appropriate for dressage. And I had some ups and downs with some two green horses for me and, you know, maybe some horses that were way too big. And I'm not a very big person. I'm 5'3". Um and I, you know, started working with Reese, and we decided uh, together that we needed to, you know, I told her I wanted to make a commitment and progress with my riding 
and she had suggested that we look for something a little different, and we started on that journey looking. And I think we just got lucky. We were in the right place at the right time, and I found a but super cool But you looked cool at master. it. Yeah, yeah you I looked did. at it. That year, that year uh, we were in Florida together, and Anna went. We didn't have Internet where we were, where our barn was, and every day she would drive to Panera and check um, the website and, oh. and decide every, 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 Every day, right, Anna? And then Dinar yeah. popped up, and I also had gotten a call from Dinar's trainer. Um, so, uh, yeah, so carry on, Anna. Sorry, I didn't mean to jump in, but you did work very hard. I think finding the right horse also takes commitment as well because they don't just sort of fall out of the sky. You you, you have to be at the right place a little bit at the right Well, yeah, I mean, you, it, uh, you have to work at it, and I think I probably drove Reese crazy, um, but it was our, it was our adventure, actually. <laughs> I never heard that. I never heard that you drove her crazy at all. No, nope, you never drove me crazy at all. It was our adventure no. of, of that season. Yeah. <laughs> but we were lucky enough. I was, you know, it was so fortunate to, he really, it was a turning point for me because he really had a lot of experience and he's a good horse. He's got a solid mind and he really started making, um, riding more fun for me. I was able to build a lot more confidence. Um, and with that, you know, comes more experience and, you know, developing an independent seat and whatnot. And I feel, I feel like he really has, he was super to be so patient with all the mistakes that I make and everything. So, Anna, tell us a little bit about, you know, once you bought a schoolmaster, uh, it looks so easy when you watch uh, riders like Todd ride. Uh, tell us, tell us, it's not so easy, is it? No, I think the benefit of having a schoolmaster is that the horse, you know, has been trained to a certain extent, and then he's really kind of your teacher in a way. Um, although I think, as I've learned with having, you know, an older horse, is that sometimes they like to try to figure out how to get away with some things too. Um, and then it's also, I think, a benefit if you're not able to be in a training program on a daily basis um, where you've got to have a professional helping you every day. I think that it's helped me in that, you know, I can practice what I've learned from my instructor and do the homework on my own. And, you know, it may not be perfect all the time, but you're not impeding the, like if you would be on a young horse, like a young horse's training program. Does that make sense? And, no, that's, that's, that's exactly, exactly right. And, and for the longest time, uh, you didn't have anyone close. So you actually, um, you know, committed to actually driving up here to my barn in Kentucky. And it's, what, six and a half hours to drive? Yeah. Yeah, I did that. I did. I did. Do, and, of course, I, you know, I'm, for me, I don't have, um, you know, Alabama isn't necessarily a hotbed of dressage. Um, you know, I've been to Atlanta. Oh, and come on. Done clinics there and everything, but you know we don't have you know we're so much more spread out, and so you know getting you know with you know instructors on a regular basis for a lot of people is more difficult as if you know if you lived in a in a Wellington, Florida environment or something like that, and of course you know I I developed a good relationship with you, and it was a good I really think it's important as a student that you get with an instructor that you've got a good rapport with and that you've got an honest, open communication and you're able to set goals together and work towards those goals together. So, Anna, do you remember your first, like, 
big light bulb moment with Denar or, you know, speaking of a schoolmaster, for me, things kind of happen stepwise or I think of them like light bulbs. Do you remember, was there a big light bulb moment riding a schoolmaster? Um, <laughs> I don't know necessarily light bulb moment, but um, <laughs> forward is always better. Yeah? <laughs> if that would be it. <laughs> All right. <laughs> So I don't think it's a light bulb moment, but it's something I have to continuously make myself do because I, uh, and maybe other riders, adult amateurs are like this too, is you kind of get complacent and you're like, oh, this is so fun, but you got to keep riding. Otherwise, they may not want to go for you. And Anna, tell us a little bit about how you kind of fit riding and training in with with your family and in work? I mean, how do you do that? That's, I think, always the question. Uh, and, and I've had so many people that have come to me and said, I, you know, I want to be just like Anna. She's able to do all of this. So how do you do it? Well, it's not easy. Um, like I mentioned earlier, you know, there's a big financial commitment to training and, and riding and even if you want to show. And I don't do a lot of showing, but, um, you know, that's a big commitment as well. Um, and I, I think, like I said before, is if you, you get with a, a trainer that you've got a good rapport with and you can develop goals with them, um, it keeps you on track and it keeps you motivated and it, you know, it keeps you kind of looking forward to your goals and, and everything. And it's not easy being on your own. Um, I've had to force myself to get out when it's raining and ride in the rain and, or if it's cold, you know, and, it's, you know, you just have to, I think there's ups and downs with it, but you've got to really keep your goals in mind and, and, you know, just do what you can with your family and your support system to try to balance it out. Do you have a lot of people at shows with you? Does your family travel with you? Is it a family outing or is that actually a time that you're away from the family when you show? Well, that's a good question. Um, I think up until now, um, it's always kind of been, an independent event for me. My children um, are just now getting to the age where, you know, they're 9 and 10, and um, oh. I hate, you know, before I hated to drag them to a show because then they get bored, and, mm-hmm. you know, they're not, you know, they're not really entertained or anything. So, um, you know, now I think it's to a point where we kind of do make it a family affair, um, and which is great because there's a lot less guilt <laughs> for me involved in yeah. way. But um, sure. up, in, up until now, it's just kind of, you know, I've just kind of been on my own. And, you know, I've, when I would go up and show and meet with Reese, I had a, you know, core group of people that we would stable with and, and support each other. And, and it was very fun. So it was good. So is, is competition for you um, nerve-wracking or is it a time of stress or is it just something that feels natural and comfortable for you with your horse? Well, I um, did not play. Um, I didn't. Nev- I've never played team sports growing up. I was always attracted, I think, to the riding because it was an independent activity. Um, that is one thing that I have really struggled with, and Reese has helped me with so much. Is my mental fitness because yeah. I would have great lessons with her, and I would go to shows and have a good warm up, and then once I went down center line, it would just you know, I would let it fall apart. And that is, I think, the main thing that I've really struggled to work with for myself. And I've, like, listened to sports psychology tapes, and I've 
I've deliberately put myself in stressful situations to try to get better. Right. So, you, know, you said a little bit about what was difficult or challenging about um, competing, but what's your favorite part of, of the competition or the show process? Let's say the weekend coming up or the week before. What's your favorite part of all of that? You mean as far as, like, preparing for the show or? Yeah, or the time in the show. Um, I mean, just uh, what about competition for you is is your favorite part? Okay, I think it's just been, for me, you know, it's been recent, but um, being able to work and practice and prepare at home and then really realize the show is just an opportunity to ride in front of a judge, a qualified judge, and basically test to see if what you've been doing is is good and successful. And. And it's just, it's a moment and, you know, it's a few minutes in the ring that you get to show the judge what you've been working on at home in a, in a polished manner. You are, you are a really phenomenal woman and, and, and friend to me and client. And, uh, you know, I'm so proud of you and really you can, and I hope what you have worked so hard at your goals. And I think that's one of the things that, that I wanted to bring you on the show because not only have you worked in the arena and spent hours and hours in your arena and spent hours traveling for instruction. Uh, like you said, you've put yourself in stressful, in stressful situations, riding in clinic, big clinics and, and uh, judges forums and these types of things. Uh, but you really put the extra time in with the mental fitness work. You also, you did mention it, but you're really good about working out and taking care of yourself and, and staying fit. And uh, you really are, you know, a, a true spotlight amateur for us. And, and thank you so much for coming and sharing your story and, uh, I look forward to working toward the gold medal together and all, all you know, achieving the rest of your goals. So thanks so much for coming on, Anna. Thank you so much for having me. And above all, it's most important that for adult amateurs, it's got to be fun. Thanks, Anna. Thanks Have a great night. for having me. So I'm very excited to uh, welcome Olivia lagoy Welch for our first trainer's tip uh, this evening. And Olivia grew up in California where she started riding at a young age. Uh, when she turned 18, Olivia left California and moved to Germany, uh, where she worked for two years and then was also in Holland. Olivia was in Europe for a total of five years, and then she moved back to California, where she had a very successful business. Uh, and then in 2009, Olivia moved here to Kentucky. She lives about 45 minutes from my farm, and she took a position uh, training sales horses for her former employer uh, at a Kathy Priest barn in Kentucky. And in 2011, Olivia was the reserve uh, champion at the Brantina Cup at the USCT National Festival of Champions. So, Olivia, thanks so much for coming today for our trainer's tip. Thanks so much for having me. It's great to be here. Yes, so tonight we're going to talk uh, for a tip of the importance of a rider's balance, uh, especially when we're talking about the rider's shoulder-hip-heel alignment. So talk a little bit more about what we're looking for in a dressage rider, and then we'll talk some, uh, about, you know, some of the things that we see as trainers. Okay, great. Um, well, I guess I just want to start out by saying that one of the most important things about position um, for riders of all ages and levels and everything is that it not only you know, is an aesthetic thing about how you look, it also is what gives you confidence and can give your horse confidence. You know, your ability to 
keep yourself in balance really dictates your ability to help keep your horse in balance. So, um, you know, it's easy to also get overwhelmed by it, but you basically want to make sure that you, you know, keep in mind if you're riding by yourself, and I do this all the time, which is, you know, when you go by the mirrors, if you have them, um, you know, that you look, and you can do this in the halt, you can do this in the walk, trot, canter, you know, whatever you're most comfortable with, is that you really want to make sure that when you look in the mirror that your shoulder is over your hip or your seat bone and that your heel is underneath your your seat bone. And on the inside leg, it's going to be a little bit, uh, you know, more forward in the canter when you're on one lead or the other. But that that's your most basic and that your hands are low and centered. And that gives you a really good jumping off place from it. And it keeps it very simple. The, the other big mistake that you can make about position, you can go one of two ways. Um, you can not think about it enough and not sort of realize your influence on the horse. Or you can think about it too much and you can forget to relax and, and enjoy your ride. And, and I can definitely say that I've been or had students that go to both extremes. Either they're paralyzed by thinking about it too much or they're not aware enough of where their body is and what it's doing to the horse. Yeah, I think, I think that's really a common thing. I think we all, even as riders and trainers, we're always constantly looking to make sure our position is, is correct. So, Olivia, I mean, what are some things that you like to use with your students to help correct that balance? Do you do lunge lessons? Do you do, you know, how, how, do you, how do you work with that? Lunge lessons are great if you have a good horse, um, for sure. You know, they're hard to come by sometimes. Um, you know, what I do personally or what I like to do with students, um, again, if you have a trustworthy, appropriate horse, is... Um, working without stirrups, I know it sounds like very European, very sort of naughty, but working without stirrups in all gates is probably one of the best ways to just simplify things and work yourself down into the saddle. A lot of us suffer from having too tight a hip, um, and working without stirrups can really help you let your leg drop down. That's not to say that you should be riding five stirrup holes longer um, than where you actually are, but you can use it as a way to drop your leg down and get your, your hips softer and figure out how to get your thigh on the horse and, and sit more deeply in the saddle. I don't mean like grinding into the saddle because I think that's a common misconception when someone says sit deep that you don't sit hard you just sit adhered to the horse. So probably a couple of the things that I would say that you see one or the other is people leaning either too far back and putting your feet out in front of you and water skiing. That's really typical on on actually two different types of horses, either horses that um, are lazy, people want to sit back and drive too much, um, or horses that, that actually pull, people will ask put their feet forward and, and sort of lean back and try and keep the horse from pulling them. But they don't realize that it actually makes it worse when you do that. Um, th- those are a few things that I try and, and help students keep in mind. Um, no, I think, I think those are really helpful. And, and it is European, but I'm sure you and I, uh, I spent uh, years riding without stirrups. And um, we also spent a lot of time in Germany on a lesson horse. Uh, without stirrups on the lunge line. 
So I think those are, you know, some, some great ways. We also, you know, I have students that also say, well, sometimes I, we don't have mirrors and I can't see what I'm doing. And uh, I always tell them a, a friend or a husband with a video camera standing behind you can show you a lot. Because uh, sometimes yes. I think when you make, you know, changes in your position, you can't, it, it maybe feels like you're overcorrecting especially with the yeah. rider leaning forward. You know, you tell someone to lean back and they think, you know, their their hat's going to touch the horse's rump um, and you haven't changed that much. So changing your balance can be can be challenging. And I think having someone, if you, you know, your instructor is there, but even if you're, uh, you know, you don't have an instructor or it's just a great visual, a video camera can make all the difference, I think, uh, just to show you where you are and, and what you need to do. So well, I guess another... Sure. And, and I- I would say videotape, even if you do have mirrors, I know that you, you see a lot of different things when you have to go back and watch yourself on, on camera. I definitely sometimes have to force myself to watch myself ride because it's always different than what you see in the mirrors as well. The other thing about being videoed is that, you know, the one thing you can't see in the mirror is yourself from behind, and, and you'll see a lot about if you're straight, side to side on the horse. You don't want to be slipping off laterally or dropping one shoulder or collapsing one rib cage. So having someone video you from behind as well is extremely uh, helpful and insightful. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and I think if the thing about position is you're constantly working on it. Uh, you know, yeah. working on your alignment. I, I, you, even if you ride Grand Prix and you ride you know, eight horses a day or, or whatever. It's, it's position is, is something that we're constantly working on. So it's not a, it's never really a finished product. Um, no, never. <laughs> I, I am definitely right there with you on that. And and some horses are going to put you in a slightly different position. You really have to, you know, within the bounds of, you know, sitting up straight, you know, with, you know, a straight back, not overarched, not collapsed, you know, finding that, that happy medium, you also have to find what works on your horse. Some horses need you in just a little bit more of a chair seat. Some horses need you extremely up and down with your leg. It, it will have to do also with, you know, you and your horse and what, what body type you have. Exactly, exactly. Well, Olivia, thank you so much for coming on uh, to do a trainer's tip. I hope you will come back again because uh, this is really helpful. And um, I, I don't know about you, but I'm going to pull my stirrups tomorrow and uh, work on it myself. It's a good reminder for us all. So thanks so much for coming on. Oh, thank you so much, Reese. Have a good night. Well, Holly, this has been such a fun uh, show to have you on. Thank you for being my first guest co-host. Oh, thank you, Reese. I love to support you. I love to talk to you, and it's been very informational. I know. I well, I really want you to come back. That's all I got to say. If you, if we haven't scared you off, okay, it's done. Come back. <laughs> I know, and and I think we're all going to want to hear how Regis does in his first fourth level. That's so exciting, and and it's even you know now that I I do you know some breeding and and I'm riding my first. Uh, you know, my first baby, he's four this year, Denali. Uh, I think there's, it's, it, it needs almost more when, uh, you know, when you, when you put him in the trailer as a foal and then here you are riding him and, and now you're doing your first fourth level. I mean, that's really exciting and, and you've just done such a great job. So I can't wait. I, I hope, you know, you call me right away. That's all I got to say. 
Uh, I will text you now. Uh, no, no, I think there's a lot of us. There's a lot of us that I know and that I talk to, and it's really about that connection over the years. I mean, competing and doing great is wonderful, but that connection you have with your horse that's developed over the years, there's a lot of us that really, we really shine on that. No, it's true. And, and, and really, at the end of the day, I think that's why we're all, we're all doing this. You know, we all, I, I, I love to just go out and kick kisses for my Denali. Uh, he's so he's so phenomenal that way, and 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 we do. We have to remember that this is supposed to be fun. I think we all get caught up oh, in yeah. in everything, and and it's a hot take away from the fun. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. So I'm really just so excited for you, and I uh, can't wait to hear how it goes. And uh, but I wanted before we go, I want to give a shout out to our Facebook post from W T Thomas uh, from Shanghai, China. So we, we that was really exciting to hear from them, and I'm glad. I know they, they I saw that China. Done. I know, not to make us nervous at this point. I know. Now I'm nervous. <laughs> I'm glad I didn't know it before. Yeah, no. <laughs> so I'm really <laughs> no, but I hope everyone continues to to post on Facebook, and uh, I also uh, I have a my horse radio. Uh, network email is up and running, and uh, my new email, Holly, is reese at horseradionetwork.com. And uh, you can also check out my website, maplecrestfarmky.com. And uh, what, Holly, what, one of the things that we want to do is, is our, use our adult amateur spotlight as the time that people can nominate uh, friends of theirs or people that they look up to uh, to come on the show, yeah. and we'll interview them. Just like we interviewed Anna, I think it's so important and, and so fun to it hear. Amazing. Yeah, to hear all the stories yep. and, and how people yep. reach their goals. So please, and I don't reach know. at horseradionetwork.com. Email me yep. some, and, and, and there may be some prizes involved from our sponsors uh, to to the nominators. Uh, I would really like to to do that and and make that a real uh, a real highlight to our show because uh, I think it's really helpful for everyone to hear how everybody gets ready for shows, but also how they fit dressage in their normal life. Yeah, and I think um, I think something I love about you, Reese, and people will learn um, over the over time is how open and honest you are and um, about about training and about horses and about life. And you're just a very easy person to talk to and to share um, share ideas or concerns or you know worries or frustrations because at the end of the day, so many of us are having the exact same. Um, the exact same events going on, but it's very nice to listen to one another and to share stories just so we don't all, you know, feel individually alone or on an island, which um, as an amateur at home alone training, it, it oftentimes feels like that. Exactly. Exactly. So I hope we can continue to do that here at the Dressage Radio Show, and you can find our show notes and links to today's guests on our website, dressageradio.com. And you can like us on Facebook. Uh, you search for the Dressage Radio Show. You can follow us on Twitter at Horse Radio. And uh, again, please email me. My email's up and running. I'm excited. Um, so it's Reese at HorseRadioNetwork.com. And I'd like to thank our sponsors, Equestrian Collections, Kentucky Performance Products. And don't forget to check out all the other shows on the Horse Radio Network at HorseRadioNetwork.com. So thanks so much for coming on and supporting uh, the Dressage Radio Show, and I look forward to our next show together. Yeah, thank you. Thank you from Wellington, Florida. Mm-hmm.